0: G'day guys, just here with Paddy Cripps, my fellow ball magnet, uh, starting a ball magnets podcast, Cripper, which is pretty exciting. So basically the intention of it is to give the fans an insight uh, into the life of an AFL footballer, some things behind the scenes that they may not know, uh, some things about our careers they may not may not know, and we want to share some things, I guess, uh, throughout the industry that we think fans may find interesting and have a bit of fun along the way. So I know Sammy's helping us out here, we've got a little fun game to start off with, but uh, Anything you want to add on there, Crit? No,
1: it's just good to be here in your presence, mate, <laughs> and uh, talk talk a bit of tactics. So shadowing D-
0: Dylan Buckley, as he'd like to say. So that no, it'll be good fun. So hopefully uh, the listeners enjoy, the subscribers enjoy. Uh, obviously, Ball Magnets family's growing pretty rapidly. So uh, I've got the real deal, Neil. He's uh, involved as well, and uh, we'll have some questions with him soon too. So uh, let's fire away. We got what do we got? Ten in one. So ten questions in one minute. All right, let's do it. Thanks, I'll get. I'll take the first one. Yeah. All right, Chris. Which player from another team would you draft for 2023? So next year, only just for that season. Uh the
1: way our team's going, I'll draft a key back. We've only got one <laughs> one key back from left at the moment, so um, probably go. You got a long injury who's, this Who's who's reckons the best key back besides Wadering? He's number one. Yeah, probably yeah, Harrison Evans. Right.
0: McGovern, when he's up and going, is pretty good.
1: Yeah, yeah. Darcy Moore's been going well. Yeah, yeah. we'll go with that. I reckon I'd say.
0: I'm not just saying it because we we're here, but. I won't say you, but Charlie Kernell looks like he's his body's good and looks so confident in the way he's attacking the ball and kicking freckish goals. So I reckon he'd be pretty handy playing the team.
1: He's going well, the big fella. He's, yeah. um yeah, he's got his athleticism back, isn't he? He's he like looks his good. Career best form, which is yeah, unbelievable, really. On fire, yeah. All right, I'll go to the second one. Favorite
0: ground uh, other than the G. Well, the G is the obvious one. Um, oh, I'd have to say I love Optus over in Perth. Uh, obviously, we're both. Well, you grew up there. I, I spent some time living over there, but I feel like the atmosphere. is a new stadium. Like it's, it's just a good deck. Like, I, and I've, I've played a few good games there, and that, that helps. And I think we've got a pretty good record there, the Hawks. So, uh, I'll take Optus. Yeah, no, I'm with
1: you. I reckon. I was at the grand final last year, and the show there was True. special. So. Yeah. I don't know the way they built the stand too. They built the stand up more, like so the fans are at aren't like top here, yeah, like, yeah. It builds it in. 100. Uh, percent
0: Favorite time slot for a game.
1: Uh, it would either be Friday night or Saturday Arvo at the yeah, G. Um, mainly you get your weekend and if you have a 7 day break, you can actually enjoy yourself. So. We had
0: our only Friday night game of the year just gone against the Dogs and we didn't play that well. So it was pretty flat because the Friday time slot is elite, getting the weekend off, even a Thursday. or you, oh, you get Thursday. Thurs- Thursday's good unless you
1: go Thursday to Thursday. Yeah. Because like you, once you hit the weekend, you only got four or five days to prepare. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Friday.
0: Earlier, earlier in the weekend, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Who do you want kicking after
1: the siren from your club?
0: It'd be out of two, Uh, James Sisley or Mitch Lewis. Mitchie Lewis is dead eye, like he's, I don't know what his stats are this year, but he rarely misses. Uh, So I'd probably say Mitchie actually.
1: I would go the front for 30, 35 out in the right pocket, Harry McKay with his snap, he does not miss his snaps.
0: What if you can't play on after the siren?
1: No, I think you can come back a bit on the mark. He's got a kick from the line can of you your do mark. do that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's, okay. that's a rule. Yeah. Uh, Mitch McGovern's got a beautiful
0: kick. Okay. Yeah, I'd back him kicking. Yeah. One rule you'd bring into footy. Well, I know the players are pretty... Don't like the rule changes too often, but you got anything you'd change or bring in? Uh,
1: I would bring third man up back in.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I've heard he just, you say that before, actually. Just
1: gets a bit of uh you want more dream team points for hit outs. Grab out of the rock. No, I reckon yeah. it creates a bit more creativity around... Um, I reckon if you did that, you would not let it make contact with the ruckman, though. So it protects yeah. him. Um,
0: well, that used to be a tactic, actually, of teams. And I think that's why they stopped it. Because, yeah. you know, if teams had a good ruck, say, I don't know, Sandilands or Dean Cox, opposition players would intentionally run with their knees and yeah. try and take him out. So no, that I was think that's risk. why they did it. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So
1: that's what I'll do. Yeah.
0: So. I like that, too. Uh, and I think it would mean that they wouldn't have to wait for the rucks to set. Yeah. So they could just throw it, like, get there, throw it If they want the game to open up, like, there's only going to be a handful of guys who'll get to the stoppage. And I think in terms of reducing congestion, like, that could be a good way to do it. And it's more ball-ups. Yeah. throw is hard yeah. to do, so... Yeah, just chuck it up.
1: Uh, your club disappears tomorrow. What club would you nominate to play for?
0: I reckon... I'd have to say Carlton only because I was a mad Carlton fan when I was younger. So I was mad, like, from when I can remember, I reckon couple of years old so i pretty much grew up in the carlton change rooms um favorite player was cuda yeah. and yeah dad was a coach at, at carlton and sort of grew up through there which was pretty cool so yeah i used to uh go for the blues in the early 2000s pretty dark days then but look like you're coming out the other side now the boys yeah. dark couple of
1: decades for the <laughs> yeah. baggers but we're starting to get there now yeah uh, i would go i'll just get. i would go one of the two teams back home yeah. if i'm playing if i'm yeah. playing for another team it's uh in wa yeah all right, most difficult player you played against this year? This year?
0: Apart from yourself. <laughs> Apart from you throwing out elbows. Uh, I'll give you... I'll give you... Or oh, this year, I'll have a think about this year. In my career, I reckon it's been probably five. Yeah. Fife and Dak. Like, I've, and probably yourself. Those bigger... Bonson Pally as well. The bigger mids that can do it at ground level and in the air. Yeah, Like, for someone who's a bit smaller... Speaking of Lockie Neal as well, he, he tends to agree, like, those guys tend to be a hard matchup, yeah, because they can do both. But yeah. what about you? Because you are that guy.
1: Yeah, well, I reckon the if the hardest players to play on are, like, the genuine shutdown taggers. Yeah. Um, but I feel like if your team's going well, you can manipulate them um, a lot more. Um, mate, I actually played Ruck for a few games this year. I played on Braden Pruce. Did
0: you? Prucey?
1: Did he throw you around? He's massive, mate. He's the biggest guy I've seen at footy field, so... <laughs> Trying to move him was tough work, but um. Did you get a hit out? No, nah, I didn't nah. against him. I don't think. Oh, I might have got one. Shot the hit. Yeah, I was trying to just let it drop and yeah. <laughs> try and run, but um, I think me and him probably have the similar run, running ability. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Two big trucks. Uh, favorite commentator.
1: Uh, I've always loved Bruce. Yeah. Ah, yeah. uh, he's just a just gives a good good vibe when you when you're watching. Good energy. Yeah. Um, Knows his stuff and and he's basically on every every sporting event he seems to be there so he's, he's been- everywhere
0: i've read something recently that he the amount of the amount of preparation he does like leading into a game like he oh, i don't know what the exact status yeah, i saw that you yeah. know he knows like say let's just say 200 facts and he might only reel out 20 in a game but his preparation allows him to go in whatever direction the game's going or whoever he's talking about which is pretty impressive
1: yeah i reckon um i don't know who was i reckon I might have been watching the footy and the guy was saying it and yeah he reckons he's like, all the commentators he like, because he's like a mentor to all of them, he just like pumps them up and like gives yeah. a little tap tap on the shoulder and yeah. it's their turn to speak yeah. up and stuff and um, <laughs> makes them feel good. So it's pretty start. cool though. Uh,
0: yeah, it's, it's so good. What was that? it? Was good. Yeah, good, good on friends. There There's you good. go. Shout out. You had to t- do
1: it. Tuning into, tuning into yeah. your box. Yeah,
0: Liz Cloggers, shout out. <laughs> Worst game thus far of your career?
1: About
0: a lot. <laughs> uh, oh, shit. Oh. I've had a couple.
1: Terms of individual,
0: do what do either whatever yeah individual actually. Let's bring you down to everyone else's level.
1: Ah, uh, the worst game I played. I reckon it was against Essendon. Yeah. In 2019. Yeah. Um, got tagged, and help. we were putrid that day. I had a 10 or 11 touches. Um, yeah, and at the time Who I went fr- to you. Dylan Clark from okay. from Bombers. He's yep. not on the list anymore, but he 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 stitched me up that day. Um, yeah, that was the worst game. Probably probably the most frustrated I've been in a game just because we got smacked
0: and yeah. you get tagged. You get out someone of it. on Yeah, It doesn't help, does it? I reckon. Oh, I'm trying to think, there would have been a few games like back in the green vest and red vest days. Yeah. I reckon I got subbed out once early days. I reckon my second year I got subbed out. Might have had like. Yeah, similar. Ten or so touches at three-quarter time. Saw the vest coming and I'm like, tried to, you, try and, you try and duck and <laughs> weave so a they don't rule, come eh? oh, I was the worst. We, I actually
1: remember my second game was against the Dogs. Had the, uh, got the red vest. Juddy was the sub. Yeah. Came on, did his hammy in five minutes, first five minutes. Ed Curnow broke his leg and we had one on the bench and I was... F- like fit ready to play well, did but you,
0: I, so what, how early into the game yeah, you were subbed out
1: uh, and I was mid third quarter got okay. subbed out Yeah, Jaddy came on did his, so did his hammy Ed broke his leg so we had one on the bench and I was with the red vest so I could have kept and playing and you couldn't, back and you couldn't come be- back yeah. yeah it was no good that rule Yeah, actually
0: was... the question about which rule would you change it was good that they changed I know that wasn't the question I'm glad they changed yeah. that rule yeah. also the 23rd man like I I feel sorry for the players that have to do that role now Yeah. like it's I don't know I understand why they do it in terms of like trying to even out the game if there's an injury, but I don't think the players enjoy it. Like, yeah, I'll, I'm not massive on it. No. Nah. Um, but to be honest, the
1: less people, less people playing means you get more time yeah, on the ground. More so. game time, exactly. <laughs> you enjoy that. Less
0: red vesting. Yeah. Uh, all right, Crip. which uh, which team would you love to play on a granny purely based on spectacle? So not, not, I guess, a team down the bottom of the ladder, but a team that you'd think... Especially for Carlton, who would be like a rival that you would think would be epic game.
1: I think the biggest game would be Collingwood. Yeah. Um we played them this year and it was close, like we had just lost and that was loud, like both ways, like momentum swings, like that yeah. was loud. Um I, but if you're gonna play oh, you love to play Melbourne just because, you know, they're the best. Yeah. You know, yeah, and they, that's they're the best team for a good sort of eighteen months now. Yep. Um, play hard Brennan Footy and I reckon to beat them you gotta be yeah, tough. So it's cool.
0: Yeah. I reckon, well, Collingwood's an obvious one, just because of the fan base. Um, I think for Hawthorne, Geelong would be pretty epic. I know there's a lot of history there, recent history, like the 08 granny, the 89 granny, which is arguably you know spoken about as one of the best games ever. So I think from a Hawthorne point of view, Geelong would be pretty epic.
1: All right, I went to the, uh, the second part of the, uh, the podcast. Um, we're sort of going to go down some uh, media questions, um, mm-hmm. just about moments in your career that... Um, you can remember. Yeah. Uh, some are a bit of fun, some are serious, So, I'll have a crack. Throw curveballs. Yeah. <laughs> First one is, uh, what was your welcome to AFL moment?
0: Oh. oh, there was a few. I know you've got one off the top of your head, so I might get you to share yours just while I've got, I've got a couple I might choose out of one of them.
1: Mine was like, I just remember like uh, the Mick saying, it's whatever you do, just get rid of the ball. Take your first option early in the game." And this yeah. is my debut. I reckon I said this the other day.
0: <gasps> is this just the clip that we watched yeah, when we got chased yeah. out. Yeah.
1: So I was like, I reckon it was the first couple of minutes. Got the ball, probably half foot flank, yeah. played on, off a mark, and like just steady went to kick and got caught by Jay Kennedy Harris. <laughs> um, and that was just like, uh, I just got warned about that. Yeah. Uh, that was, and that's like when you go from AFL to AFL, it's speeds so different. Like it's that much quicker. Yeah. So after that I uh, definitely took that advice in into my uh, into my game and um, even now, I, especially early in the game, I try and uh, get it's rid of the highly, ball well yeah. quickly and then the game sort of settles after quarter time I reckon. Yeah,
0: that's a good one. I reckon when I first got drafted, so obviously to Sydney, didn't play at all my first year, I reckon it would have been 2013, so Hawks went on to win the flag. It's funny that I ended up playing against these guys but I remember sort of the the brutal nature of sort of, at the time was sort of Hodgie and Strats who, um, you know, obviously two captains of the club. And I just remember, uh, who do I bump? I bumped someone and I just had a wave of them come at me and I was like, oh God, this is actually pretty scary. <laughs> I was a second year player. Hodgie, Strats, two of the hardest players. I think Shawnee Burgoyne. We actually laugh about it. was a photo of me and Shawnee uh, in a wrestle, which we uh, which comes up every now and then. But that was probably a bit of a welcome to the AFL when you know you got the best team and the most um, aggressive, ruthless team all coming in from all angles, yeah. pretty full on. we were all good now though. Uh, all right, Cripper, What's been the most difficult time in footy, uh, in terms of your resilience building? Like I know, as a team, you've obviously been through some um, tough patches, and individually as well. What what would be the main one that stands out for you?
1: Uh, uh, that's it's hard to pinpoint one because every year's been <laughs> basically that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I think the last. I think probably my first few years of footy was more just like the novelty of playing. It was mm. different. Like the club was gone poor. So like you still got the excitement of playing, but then I think as yeah. you get a bit older and you get in the leadership position, when you're trying to build your way up and we were like, we were poor, like, um, 2018, we won two games, uh, percentage would be under 60. That's crazy. Yeah. I forget um, about. played like six to eight Friday night games, average losing margin of 10 goals. Um, and then it's just a gradual build. I think there's from, 2018 to mid 2019, won three out of 44 games. Um, so that was like to keep positivity, energy around the group, keep the group together, the young group. That was like in terms of building resilience. Yeah. But you look back now and you like you navigate your way through that. Um, 2021 was really tough as well, um, just with everything going on. But um, I don't know. I, you hear Bucks like you hear Bucks always talk about how he like he's addicted to adversity. Yeah. Um, and you don't when you're in it, you you know the last thing you want to do be in it but yeah. once you come out of it yeah, you realize how much things you learn I reckon from it yeah um, and I just think like yeah we're at a point now where we're building as a, as a club and um, I said to the boys actually the other day, I was proud I was the most proud thing I have have been from the like from the club My time at the club is just this group stuck together yeah. and I got a lot of draft picks throughout the years got guys in now we're starting to see we're coming out the other end still got a yeah. lot of work to do but the group's so close having fun enjoying their footy yeah. um, and that, that's probably the biggest resilience thing I've sort of been through so probably the whole eight mate
0: <laughs> no, that's, that's a good answer like it's under uh, um, underrated how tough it can be like I, I know like you know being you know, at the Hawks at the moment like we've been in a lot of games and losing and like um, you know the, that demoralising feeling in the rooms after we know you've given it everything but yeah don't get the result and you know when, when it happens sort of a couple of weeks in a row and then season after season as in your case it is tough so the fact that the groups galvanized and stayed together it's actually you know it's it's bloody impressive yeah it's so well, pretty awesome just
1: saying but likes enjoy their footy like yeah you know, they're having fun like the best feeling on the ground is the best feeling of footy is after the after oh, yeah. winning on the ground yeah. um and it's just like no you go to a game now you actually in the past, it's just like, Jesus, hope we play well today. When now it's like, all right, I know at our worst we're going to be in the game. Yep. Um, and then how good we play, yeah, depending on how we win. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I've got one here for you now. Um, so, pre getting drafted, I know you had the puppy fat. <laughs> and now you're, you're a shredded unit now. Um, what was your expectation uh, of a late and professional sport? Probably country boy from WA didn't really know what to expect uh, in terms of your perception into what it is in reality.
1: I learned a lot. Like, if I. Look back in the to what I eat versus <laughs> what I ate then. I love you the like. photos of your other big yeah. cheeks, so good. Well, like, cause I was lucky. I, I went had a year out of school, lived with my older brother, did uni because we finished school when I was seventeen in um, WA. So to be honest with you, I just trained, did uni, did a bit of labouring work, um, and then mum would cook some frozen meals, and they were they were really good. Like mum was a healthy cook, but you know I didn't eat them all the time, so it was either like Subway or Kebab, <laughs> a bit of Red Rooster, you know, just all takeaway. So um. The biggest thing I learned, I reckon the biggest um, like thing I learned after my first year was diet, like get your body right. Um, yeah, it was, I was definitely chubby when I came in, um, but I remember like the dietitian gave me like a um, sheet and she's like, I can just feel like your weekly sort of what you'd eat? And you know, it'd be like a Brecky was or right. I was always like a museum and stuff. And then, uh, but that was every day, not even on training day. Yep. For me, and for me, I can't do that now. Um, you know, afternoon was just a packet of sh- shapes. was me as well. Yeah, just I love shapes. Um, <laughs> but everything had like a lot of carb in it and like, like full cream milk, just things yeah, like this. And yeah, little things. Know, everyone, Everyone's got their own little mm. um, take on what works for them, but yeah. um, basically my body shape, put on weight quick, muscle mm. and fat. So, mm. um, you know, skim milk when I have it. Um, I eat carb brekkie when I'm training, but when yeah, I'm oh. not training, it'll be a low carb yeah, brekkie. 100%. Um, and then just, it's like all snacks, like high protein sort of, but, if i can get like low um low calories in it that's the key um so all the things like that that's that's what i when i came in i was just like you know i'm just just get it done yeah train um Rock up, train, you know, get stuff done, and just all simple, like no recovery really, yep. or anything. And then yep. in my second year, is when I sort of started to, Penny started drop And every year, I reckon you add different layers to mm. it. Like you first, learn as you go, don't you? Yeah, first right. was diet. Um, second was like probably how I used to be really, really like, like to be organized. So I plan my week out, yeah, like yep. know what days I do my craft, yep. when. Yep. Yep. I only got to the point where I was like every half an hour, i just know what I was doing at the club for the whole week. Um, um, you still like that now? I am, but a bit more flexible. I just yeah. have like a checklist. All right, today I want to do this, mm-hmm. make sure I get that done before I leave. Yeah. Um, and that's just more, just gives you confidence back into the week. Yeah. Um, and then even now, it's just like a lot of recovery in terms of my sleep, um, diet. Like obviously, DNS. diet's always been. One. Yeah. Like stretching. The do a DNS lot more stretching.
0: stuff is uh, something that we should chat about one episode because I think people find that pretty interesting. Yeah, that is cool. Um, I know you've just got on board this year, so yeah. yeah. No,
1: it's it's been great. It's yeah. um, changes your whole sort of yeah. your running, not your running gait, but
0: just makes you. Less prone to injuries, I reckon. Yeah, um, I've even seen you just on the cameras doing it pre-game as well. Yeah, Robbie what, in there. Yeah, Robbie comes in own. pre-game and yeah.
1: he does it. So I reckon we got about ten of the boys doing it pre-game now. Yeah, yeah, once you try it and you feel how good it feels, yeah. you like I don't. Benefits, I want to keep it's... doing that. And it's just consistency. Like yeah. my body's cha- like the tone of my body's changed from doing it regularly. Yeah, um, and just like that's more a longevity thing as well. Like I don't. Yeah. I keep doing that. I'll be able to play for longer. Hundred um, percent.
0: And for anyone listening, uh, what DNS actually stands for? It's Duro. You might have to help me out here. No, that DNS, duro, dynamic, neuromuscular stability. That's yeah. it.
1: I think it's, it's all based on how, like, they unpack how babies... Yeah, um, it's the
0: most basically the most efficient way your body can move to generate, I guess, in an athlete's terms, most power, the most efficient way to run to last a game. And there's all these different postures and movements that you do. I actually learned to do it through Luke Hodge. Yeah. Um, obviously, he was at Hawthorne when I first got there, and he was doing all this DNS training with Mark McGrath who I've met Mark maybe yeah. once or twice and I was like, I gotta give this a go it's you know, Hodgie's doing it. And that's where I started and then once I got to know Mark, he explained that, you know well he didn't explain, it, but I heard through the traps that how when Chris Judd got from West Coast of Karpin, his groins were no good and pretty much got him got him back. So Yeah. That was enough info for me to definitely stay on board with it. pretty pretty cool yeah, stuff.
1: Yeah I know um obviously Andrew Russell's the one the mastermind yeah. behind it yeah. he's the one that got he'll happily take but that credit a, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he sort of got him, once he came to the club, he sort of said this is um, more for longevity and, you know, posture stuff and um, yeah. range of motion.
0: So, yeah. Gave it a go, mate. and enjoy it's it. Good, it's, uh, it's good. What about yourself, mate? Anything you... Uh, I guess I was a little different, like, because I, I think I was probably exposed to it more, like, with dad being a, a you know, a player, um, play over 200 AFL games. And then after that went into, he was a fitness coach at Carlton when back in the Wayne Britton days. So he was the
1: fitness coach, not the...
0: Yeah, started yeah, right. as a fitness coach. He was, I guess, when he played, he was renowned as one of the fitter players. Like, he yeah. was a really good runner. Um, and then went from fitness coach into assistant coach at Carlton for maybe, I guess, maybe five or six years, maybe longer. Um, actually, I remember is how much of a Carlton fan I was, but I went in the, the 1999 granny. I was in the, you know, the cars they go around in the parade? Yeah. I was in the car with Cuda. Yeah. So right. it was actually a pretty cool photo at home of that. Uh, and then he obviously went to... Hawthorne. Um he was coaching Box Hill of the year. The Hawks won the flag in 08 and a Freo for three years. So that's the reason we moved to Perth. Dad was assistant coach at Freo. But yeah. I think being exposed to like the elite environments when I was a little bit younger may have been a slight advantage. Like I guess like I would always go into training, even when I was over in WA, like I moved over there when I was fifteen or sixteen. And like I'd go down and train with like at the time I didn't know like how good I had it and how lucky I was, but you know, go down and do a few sessions with Freo and then with the father son link, like I was flying over to Sydney and doing pre-season at 16 years old because I, I guess I was a bit unique and um, they said they'd take me and committed to that so I was kind of lucky I was exposed to it and sort of knew what to expect once my name got called out draft night do you reckon you would have got pick one if you weren't <laughs> <laughs> man, I'm just happy to get drafted I'm trying to think who was my I was in a, the weird draft where yeah. you know how GWS got 17 year olds you'd have been in Cogs draft yeah. You? yeah yeah so I think he was two or three yeah uh, Cogs and I played in the same team in WA oh, yeah. Jager as well so I uh, don't know because GWS had all the 17 year old picks so who knows but yeah. Um, yeah I don't know who was one that year I mean, Big Paddo yeah, yeah. alright guys thanks so much for joining us hope you enjoyed the insight uh, it's something new for Cripper and I trying to explore a new skill set uh, talking a little about the footy industry and our experience in it so it's going to be more content to come stay on board and yeah fire any questions in that you can't know about